In Matthew's Gospel, the second chapter, beginning with verse 13. And when the wise men, the magi, had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night, left for Egypt where they stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet. Out of Egypt I called my son. When Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious. He gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. Then what was said through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. Jeremiah said, a voice is heard in Ramah, weeping in great mourning. Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. After Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, get up. Take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel, for those who were trying to take the child's life are dead. So he got up, took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. And when he had heard that Archelaus was reigning in Judea in place of his father Herod, Joseph was afraid to go there. So having been warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee, and he went and lived in a town called Nazareth. This morning when I or yesterday morning when I preached, I mentioned the first nativity play that I can remember seeing at Shady Grove Baptist Church in Shakerag, Georgia in 1964. At that nativity, everybody showed up at one time. What I mean by that is there was Mary and Joseph and there were angels and there were animals and there were shepherds and there were wise men and there was a choir and all of them convened on the stable at the same time on the same night. Of course, we know that when the wise men finally made it to Bethlehem, it was anywhere from a year and a half to two years after the birth of Jesus. Mary and Joseph were still in Bethlehem. Probably a year to a year and a half after he'd been born. And so they weren't there for that first Christmas story. But yet... It's important, I think, that we include them in our Christmas stories because they teach us so much. They remind us about the realities of Christmas. For one thing, they teach us that Christmas reminds us that life circumstances can change the direction of your future. You see, Joseph had a plan. His plan was he was going to take his espoused wife who Along the way, he found out was she was expecting. They get to Bethlehem. His plan is to get to Bethlehem, register for the Roman census, pay his taxes, let Mary have the baby. They get married, give her some time to get over the pregnancy and the delivery, and then make their way back to Nazareth, their hometown. That was his plan. He thought he had it nicely staged out. And then when Jesus was born, he found out that Herod wanted to kill him. The king of the Jews wanted to kill the king of the Jews. I'm sure that Joseph had a ton of questions. But the angel of the Lord showed up to him and said, you got to get out. There are folks coming to kill him. You got to get out. And so he and Mary and the baby left and went to Egypt. 
Christmas reminds us that life circumstances can change the, the direction of our future. Some of you, some of us are here tonight. And when you stop and reflect upon your own life over the past year or the past two years, there's no way that you would have predicted five or 10 or 15 years ago that you would be right where you are tonight. Oh, you might have predicted that you were at Palmetto Baptist Church on Christmas Eve service because we do that kind of thing around here. But you wouldn't have predicted that your life circumstances would be where you are. Christmas reminds us that life circumstances change the direction of our future. Second, Christmas reminds us that hope and joy, which is all about what Christmas is, hope and joy are conjoined with struggle and sorrow. Zachariah and Elizabeth, the parents of John the Baptist, they'd been all their lives praying for a son, never did have one. Now in their old age, when they were past childbearing, an angel shows up to Zachariah and says, you're going to have a son. Well, I just don't believe it. How's that going to be? And he says, you're not going to be able to say anything for nine months. For a preacher, that's really tough words. It was joy for them. For Mary and Joseph, Christmas brought unexpected amazement and honor to be the parents of the Son of God. For the Magi and the shepherds, Christmas brought hope for a future with a God who's actually involved with his people, who's not way out there in the distance somewhere, not caring anything about us. But King Herod, for King Herod, Christmas birthed a rage. And for the mothers of Bethlehem, I hesitate to even mention the mothers of Bethlehem, not because they don't deserve to be mentioned, but because their pain is something that I don't even have words to describe what it would have been. You see, Christmas reminds us that, that our hope Hope and our joy are intertwined, are conjoined with struggle and sorrow and trial. But Christmas also reminds us that when we seek Jesus with a pure heart, you're going to find him. The Magi followed a star. They were looking for Jesus. They found him. The shepherds were following, following the angel's command and, and they were looking for Jesus and they found him. And Mary and Joseph, of course, found him. But all of those people, though imperfect they were, they sought Jesus with a, with a pure heart, with an honest and sincere heart. That's all that God requires, is that we seek him with a pure heart. Not a perfect life, but a, a, a sincere, heartfelt motive to see Jesus. Herod tried to see Jesus too, but he didn't have a pure heart. And you know what? He never saw him. You see, that's, that's where we stand throughout all of history. We're either among those who seek him with a pure heart and we find him, or, or there are those who are seeking him with an impure motive and they never find him. What does Christmas remind you of this year? Is it struggle? Is it sorrow? Is it missing someone at the table? Or is it joy? Is it the joy of a new baby or grandbaby? Is it the joy of a new couple who just got married and they're celebrating their first Christmas together? Is it family members coming in who haven't been in in a while? Joy and hope? Or is it sadness and loneliness? Or is it all of it? Probably is. 
One thing that is constant, though, whether we're, our Christmas is one of joy, hope, struggle, sorrow, triumph, trial, is this. Jesus, the one who was born on the first Christmas, Jesus, is our constant. And he's our constant light. He's our constant presence. He's our constant joy, our constant hope. And the joy of the Lord is our strength. What will Christmas be like for you this year? On behalf of our church staff and on behalf of our church, I hope it's a great one for you. Because Christmas ought to be great. No matter what the circumstances lead you to whatever direction they lead you to go, Christmas ought to be great. Let's pray. Our Father, how wonderful it is to know that you are alive and well. How wonderful it is to know that Christmas is not just about Hallmark cards and Lifetime movies and not just about carols and words and candles and turkey. It's about the greatest gift of love that the world has ever received. The gift of that you gave us in the person of your son who came to bring us hope in the middle of struggle, to give us joy in the middle of sorrow, to give us purpose in a world full of chaos. You ground us, O oh Lord, and we're thankful. On this Christmas Eve, we're so thankful. In Jesus' name, amen.